So welcome back to another episode of the podcast where we're going to be looking at exercise implications of the oral contraceptive pill. So most people listening to this will be female um, having either used the contraceptive pill or using it or maybe even thinking about it. And the goal of this kind of podcast is to provide you with as much education as I can and maybe if you're looking to come off it, why you might, why you should, or if you're looking to go on it, why you should. The implications it has in terms of training from individual to individual and what the best option for you is. So um, the main aim of this podcast is basically to inform you if the oral contraceptive pill um, influences exercise performance positively or negatively and the kind of implications it can have from uh, individual to individual. Um, so first, if you haven't listened to my first Mental Cycle podcast, you probably should. It would make this one a lot um, more understandable. It's actually episode one, I think it's 30 odd minutes long, so it's quite a lengthy one. But it's well worth a listen and you'll definitely learn a lot about your Mental Cycle. And the good phases that we have in it and the, the kind of phases that maybe prevent more challenges. To simplify it, just for the rest of this podcast, weeks one and two... so. As soon as you menstruate, so as soon as you go through your period, we'll call that, or from, from there on, that's week one and two, and then that's the, so we'll call that the good phase, just for the uh, sake of this podcast, and then um, weeks three and four, just before you have your period, your menstrual cycle, we'll call that the bad phase, okay, so that's the follicular phase is week one and two, and the luteal phase is week three and four, with the follicular phase being the good phase, and the luteal phase being the, the kind of bad phase, if you like, where you get premenstrual symptoms, bloating, cramps, uh, water tension, mood swings, um, irritability, etc., etc. So, um, Eastern and progesterone um, undergo circumstantial changes in women, um, which basically marks one of the major differences between males and females. So, circumstantial changes is basically your circumstantial rhythm, which is temperature pattern in females, basically. So, as you go through the menstrual cycle, your circumstantial rhythm will change depending on what phase your, your menstrual cycle you're on. There are, however, um, large differences from female to female in relation to ovarian hormone profiles. So basically what I mean by that is um, your estrogen and progesterone hormone profiles. So if you're sitting with your friend listening to this or whatever, um, you might experience massively different um, implications or experiences through your menstrual cycle than they do because the, the, the hormone profiles from individual to individual basically varies massively. So they might be absolutely fine during the menstrual cycle without taking the pill, um, which we'll go on to later actually, um, where you might have an absolute horrendous experience um, with your menstrual cycle without taking the pill, if that makes sense, um, where they might be absolutely fine just depending on their officer hormone uh, profiles. And there's loads of things that come into that, such as amenorrhea, which is complete loss of the menstrual cycle, hormonal contraceptives, etc., which we'll be talking about, which obviously um, massively influences your ovarian hormones, um, obviously, which are estrogen and progesterone. So, in this study, or in this podcast, sorry, um, everything that I'm going to say is scientifically backed, so from the research that I've collated. So, I spent about three to four hours basically researching on Monday. Just to get myself, obviously, make sure, cite that everything I'm going to be saying is um, um, of accuracy and kind of relevant, if you like. Um, so everything that I'm saying, it's not just anecdotal evidence I've heard from my clients about their experience in the menstrual cycle or with the oral contraceptive pill or some guy on a random forum or whatever it is. It's all like kind of scientifically uh, um, cited and backed evidence, basically. So in the studies that I was looking at, there was 430 individuals which took part in the study, which gives us a relevant sample size as well. So we can kind of say that it's kind of valid research that I was looking at. So... And the reasons, or basically the combined oral concept of pill, um, the, the, the kind of 
how it works is basically it significantly redu significantly reduces estrogen and progesterone um, in the luteal phase of the, of the menstrual cycle where estrogen and progesterone are usually both high and what that does it basically reduces your fertility i.e being the contraceptive pill that it is making you not get pregnant basically um so yeah basically reduces estrogen and progesterone um, in the second half of your menstrual cycle where estrogen and progesterone both take a spike progesterone uh, especially um and it basically makes you not fertile as such which prevents pregnancy um so there's a, a variety of different reasons why people will use the oral contra contraceptive pill um aside from fertility control so aside from um, stopping pregnancy people use it to alleviate dysmenorrhea so to kind of reduce which is severe cramps um, during the, the, their kind of premenstrual symptoms so before they get a menstrual cycle you get some people get severe um, dysmenorrhea so massive stomach cramps and pain um, or menorrhagia which is basically really heavy periods and large losses of blood with um, the oral contraceptive pill, it massively alleviates this by reducing, obviously, downregulating the estrogen progesterone, which makes that premenstrual symptoms not as bad. Um, and obviously, that large loss of blood um, from heavy periods goes into other kind of um, complications, such as iron deficiency, etc., um, etc., et and can make you anemic. So, because when you're losing all that large amounts of blood but not replacing the iron being lost, then obviously you go into an um, anemic state, if you like. Anyway, that's maybe a podcast for another day, but for the kind of context of this podcast, the oral contraceptive pill is not just used, obviously, for fertility control, as you'll know as a female, it's to alleviate the kind of premenstrual symptoms. If some people have really bad kind of premenstrual symptoms, then it might be worth them taking that oral contraceptive pill to kind of reduce that, which makes their lifestyle better, their training better, etc. Um, but this varies from person to person, so I'm going to go on to the kind of impact of the oral contraceptive pill on performance in terms of strength training etc and obviously just remember i've touched upon that everyone's um massively impacted differently from the the premenstrual symptoms so some people have really bad and uh, for example you know even like menorrhagia so really bad periods and really bad uh, dysmenorrhea so cramps really bad bloating really bad mood swings whatever it may be um but some people don't even get much hassle of it at all so that's how i was saying earlier the kind of hormone profiles vary massively from uh, female to female some people will be absolutely fine premenstrual um cycle uh premenstruation other people might be you know really struggling which is why they'll jump on the pill to alleviate that symptoms which may make it um you know useful as such um Another reason why people use the contraceptive pill is actually in the athletic population. Um, they use oral contraceptive pills to manipulate the timing of their menstrual cycle around performance. So, so they don't they're not menstruating around performance, um, and also it's for kind of performance benefits as well. As I said before, the the follicular phase, so weeks one and two, is your golden ticket in terms of training. If you listen to my last podcast, you'll know all about that. Um, the first podcast on menstrual cycle, sorry. Um, so if they can basically manipulate their menstrual cycle around weeks one and two of the menstrual cycle, they can get a massive performance increase. Um, so they could train for like three years. And if they, for example, you know, they end up in like week four of the menstrual cycle on the performance, on their competition, that could massively down downregulate their performance. Whereas if they land on weeks one or two, then it could massively upregulate their performance. So yeah, before I go, go, go any further, having analyzed papers, um, what I say is more research is needed uh, to truly understand the implications of oral contraceptive pills in relation to aerobic and anaerobic based performance um, which is basically um, long slow um, distances or really high intensity kind of cardio based stuff if we're looking at that front but 
um, for the, for this kind of podcast, if you like, we've come to I've come to the same conclusion of what my kind of points are, of having analysed the research basically. So the obviously the oral contraceptive pill, the consumption phase is day eight to twenty eight of your cycle, um, where you come off it to menstruate. Obviously, the aim of this is to basically inform you, as I said, if the contraceptive pill um, influenced exercise performance positively or negatively. Um, so with the use of the contraceptive pill, like I said, estrogen and progesterone concentrations are significantly reduced when compared to the mid luteal phase. So the, the like the end of week three going into week four. So what this down your regulation um, does um, is basically obviously reduces the estrogen and progesterone, like I said, which basically make, stops you being as fertile, basically, which gives you that contraceptive um, kind of benefit to the pill, if you like. This down regulation might be responsible for the slightly uh, impaired exercise performance in oral contraceptive pill users, um, which when compared to the natural menstrual cycle users. So um, the reason for that is is when you downregulate estrogen and progesterone, but estrogen especially, um, what basically happens is estrogen, basically estrogen spikes um, around day 10 to 12 of the menstrual cycle. And basically estrogen is responsible for supporting muscle mass and strength um, in females. So if we downregulate, if, if estrogen is, is responsible for supporting muscle mass and strength, if we downregulate this with the contraceptive pill, this may be slightly detrimental to performance because um, estrogen is responsible um, for aiding in the development and maturation of tissues, i.e. muscle, um, and also inflammation as well. So just to reiterate what I just said at that point, estrogen massively supports muscle mass and strength. So obviously if we take away the estrogen or downregulate it, this may be slightly detrimental to performance as estrogen is, is basically um, aids in development and maturation of tissues, i.e. muscle, um, and obviously reducing inflammation, which means your recovery is going to be slower as well. So reducing estrogen levels um, basically reduces the development of muscle tissues and reduces your recovery, um, or increases your recovery um, time, if you like. So it takes longer to recover because it doesn't obviously act with the inflammation as fast. So that's potentially a negative effect um, to the, the concept of pill. Um, you've got a kind of less bang for your back in terms of training, if you like, because you're not recovering as fast, um, tissues aren't repairing as fast, etc., because of that um, re- reduction in estrogen as a result of the pill. Testosterone is also highest. So testosterone is obviously the male kind of growth hormone, if you like. Females do have it. Um, it spikes around day 13 of the menstrual cycle. Um, the follicular phase, um, just round about when estrogen is as highest as well, actually, which is obviously the perfect time for females to really smash their training because estrogen is highest, which obviously helps the development of uh, maturation of tissues and reduces, obviously, increased recovery. And obviously, testosterone is at its highest, so they're the most powerful, the strongest, around day 13 of the menstrual cycle as well, just before ovulation. So that's obviously the, the phase where you really want to batter your training and get the kind of best uh, PBs or whatever or overreaching sessions that you can. And obviously the pill will reduce that chance because it's downregulating estrogen, which reduces the kind of adapt- adaptations uh, essentially. Um, however, an individual approach, uh, I believe, should be taken to this because, like I said earlier in the podcast, your experience with the, the menstrual cycle, um, i.e. cramps, bloating, premenstrual symptoms, moods, dysmenorrhea, i.e. cramps, menorrhagia, so, you know, severe bleedings, is all different from kind of female to female. So um, you might not experience any of that, um, which means basically 
you're, you're fine. But if you experience, for example, massive amounts of dysmenorrhea, so the cramps and, you know, really heavy menstrual cycle or menstruation, sorry, and bloating, you know, you just have an absolute hell of a time just before your menstrual cycle uh, comes back around, then obviously that oral contraceptive pill can massively um, be an advantage to you. So in terms of training, the, the performance deficit is not huge. There's potential to be a performance deficit there cause due to the reduced estrogen. There is, but it's not massive. So let's say you have a horrendous time just before your menstrual cycle. You might be of more benefit to jump on that oral contraceptive pill regardless if it reduces your kind of recovery time, your tissue maturation or whatever because it alleviates that um, premenstrual symptoms altogether or a lot more. Um, which kind of makes it worthwhile doing even though you get a slight kind of performance deficit and I'm saying slight performance deficit because it's not a lot at all if any depending on the person so however if you have absolutely no premenstrual symptoms nothing at all you're absolutely fine and then maybe coming off the oral concept the pill could be an option and um, because you obviously estrogen will be higher then because it's not being downregulated increased tissue maturation, increased recovery or improved recovery time. You can train harder then, obviously, because you're recovering faster. You can train more frequently, etc., etc. But for the most part, for most people, I'd imagine they're taking the oral contraceptive pill, one, to, to, for a contraception, and two, for to basically downregulate the premenstrual symptoms. Um, yeah. So, like I said, to kind of recap there, um, I'd recommend if you're obviously on the pill, to stay on the pill if basically you are looking to for contraceptive purposes so you know you have to weigh up the pros and cons what what do you want you know um do you want if you're really serious about really improving your performance then maybe look at coming off it potentially because the research suggests that estrogen being downregulated does have performance de- deficits but again for most people being on the pill is an easier way an easy contraceptive if you like um and also, you know, it's very important if you're not wanting a family, for example, or a kid, that obviously that's going to be a, be a priority as opposed to that maybe 2-3% that you're going to miss out in terms of performance. Um, you know, a lot of my clients have been saying like, oh, I've, I've seen this somewhere that the pill massively impacts my train. I might not, for example, on hip, uh, some other person on the internet put out that they're not going to get as much bang for their back on hip thrust if they're on the pill. And I know where they're coming from from that, but again, the the... If you're on the pill, the deficit is not big enough to come off the pill completely just to get more bang for your back and hip thrust because obviously the estrogen's increased, increased recovery time or whatever, but, or improved recovery time, etc., etc. It's not a big enough advantage, performance advantage, to actually come off the pill completely. Um, and on the other hand, <coughs> if you're having really bad premenstrual symptoms, etc., jumping on the pill could be an option. And if you've not jumped on the pill because you've seen it reduces performance, it doesn't reduce performance enough to not take that jump because let's say it reduces your performance by 5% in the gym, that's fine, but you could make up for that 5% by having weeks three, from one, weeks three and four from the menstrual cycle, not having as bad premenstrual symptoms, not having as much as much cramps, bloating, you know, heavy periods, etc., etc. So that could kind of make up for it. So to recap... I just want to clear things up about the, the oral concept of pill because there's loads of kind of good research and good articles about it. So that's my take on it, given the research that I um, researched, if you like. If you want to take it, brilliant. If you don't, don't. But in terms of the performance deficit, it's not huge. 
Um, it's just basically to, due to a reduction of estrogen, which basically slows down recovery time and basically doesn't help with the maturation of tissues as much as it would if your estrogen was higher. As the contraceptive pill basically downregulates estrogen, making it as not as high, which basically prevents pregnancy in, in total. So, yeah, that's my re that's my recap, if you like. Um, hopefully this helped clear some, some things up. Um, yeah, kind of did it off the cusp, so obviously did all the research, but... I've not edited any of this, so it's just done in the winner. So excuse any stutters, you just have to get on with it. But if you have any more recommendations or anything else covered, give me a shout. And yeah, we'll make sure to get around to that as quick as we can.